0: Actually, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to tell you what my uh, text is, but I'm not going to read it for a while. Um, and it's Genesis 6:13 through 22. Uh, we understand the days of Noah. Uh, again, I'm not going to go to a typical, as it was in the day of Noah, social being the Son of Man at the coming of the Son of Man. Speaking of all the woes, we can see them quite clearly. Uh, had the a piano technician come out for the last time, and he actually sawed some stuff into our board to restore it. Um, we were able to use it because he taught us how to bypass um, the time and out. Um, but yet he fixed it. But his name is Pepe. I want you to be, to be praying for Pepe. And uh, we got talking about Israel. His wife's a Jew. And, and, you know, and she's so sorrowful about how many people in the world now are rising up and hating Jews. You saw what happened in our, national, in our nation's capital yesterday with hundreds of thousands of, of uh, uh, pro-Iranian, um, pro-Hezbollah uh, people just protesting. Um, and, uh, and then Obama standing up and giving an hour and 20-minute speech on hate toward Israel and how that Israel um, is, is a perpetrator and a murderer and evil. I'm telling you, we're living in a day when they'll call good evil and evil good. You know that you're living in a day that is evil when they change the wording of everything. You see, in other words, everything is different. Up is now down. Down is now. All of that is, is, uh, uh, is, is necessary to brainwash a whole society. And what we need to understand is, is that we need to stand upon the Word of God. And I want to talk today about the secret of a powerful life. Oh, thank you for remembering that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, I want to talk today about a secret to a powerful life or a god-sized vision we're going to be going to genesis six thirteen through twenty two but I'm not going to go there right yet in second chronicles sixteen nine says "For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to show himself strong for those whose hearts." are completely his. Let me read the King James. It said, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose hearts are perfect toward him. And what I want you to understand is God is looking for a people that will stand. He's looking for a people who will be counted with him. He said like sheep, uh, accounted for the slaughter that are willing to stand up and speak honestly and truly now we've many years ago talked about you know it's, been, it's something that they taught us in school about the emperor and the new clothes you know you've all heard maybe that um, but there was a king that um, that was he was convinced that he had a beautiful wardrobe because the guy that was supposed to make the wardrobe for God. And so in order to, to, to save his own life, he put a fake wardrobe upon him and convinced him that he was clothed and that it was beautiful. And so he walked out and, and they had a parade for him. And he's, he's out there in the parade in this quote unquote new suit. And everybody would say, oh, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Until a little child looked and said, he's naked. And all of a sudden, he grabbed himself and, 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 and realized, I want you to know something, that there is power in words. It brings me back to <laughs> to another illustration of a German man who um, had put the propaganda in his window of his shop that the nazis were spewing and and he put it in his shop because that's what they was recommended and other shops did the same thing until one day he decided you know those are not my views and he took them down and he put something else in their place and all the people in the town were like oh my word did you see what 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 the you know the the butcher did and and what he did with his with, with his signs and everything, and eventually you no know, one by one, they began to pull down the propaganda and to, and, to, and to put up what that man had put. And so what you realize is there is power in words. Are we, do we dare to be a Daniel? Do we dare to stand alone? Do we dare to speak the truth even when it is unpopular? even when it can cause you it can cause people to hate you he said they will hate you he said but it's not you that they hate it is me that is in you that they hate but god is calling us in this last day to continue to stand in the truth of the word of god i think of and i spoke a little bit last week about hen and i the seer and and uh, he came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, you shall be in wars. You, you see what I'm saying? Because we've not relied on the word of God. He said, you will. So we need to understand, uh, do I have a God-sized vision? Or Are we like Asa? Are we reliant on self or others? And I'll tell you this right now. I believe it's a lonely walk. I believe that every person that follows Jesus will walk a lonely walk. It is a determined walk. It is a faith walk. Amen. It is one that believes in what the Lord Jesus has spoken. So let me tell you what I mean by God-sized vision. God-sized vision sees beyond what is possible, or what is natural, or what is physical, or what is temporal. God-sized vision relies on the power of God to achieve the unthinkable, to harness the spiritual, to touch the untouchable, and to affect the Eternal. I want to say those words again. God-sized vision relies on the power of God to achieve the unthinkable, harness the spiritual, touch the untouchable, and to affect the eternal. See, everyone, the de- the devil will work on each and every one of us to try to diminish who we are. But the Bible said, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Aren't you glad for the Abrahams and the Moses and and, and the others that are mentioned in the Bible? You see, Joseph was a shepherd who became a slave, who became the second most powerful man in Egypt. Think of Joseph's life. God gave him a dream. He dared to speak the dream. Many may say, well, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But you know what? He was bold. He believed what God told him. And he told his brother, someday you'll bow before me. Well, that doesn't get over good sometimes with the siblings. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So they say, what? You're the youngest little rotten. We're going to bow before you? And they got so mad with him number one he was daddy's favorite he 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 didn't go out in the field kind of like they did and one day he was bringing them some lunches with this beautiful coat that his daddy made him and you know what they said let us kill him but then the oldest uh, sibling said well let's not kill him let's sell him into slavery and they threw him into a pit until a bunch of merchants came by. They, they sell him off to the merchants, which took him into uh, Egypt where he was sold again as a slave. He was in Potiphar's house. His wife made up a story that he tried to rape her because he refused to al- allow her to, to, uh, uh, to have uh, relations with him. And then he goes there and he's thrown into a prison. Some say between 12 and 21 years. But it was definitely a long time. Wouldn't our attitudes wane just a little bit? But not Joseph. The Bible said that Joseph, he believed so much in God that he became a model prisoner. And as a model prisoner, they depended upon him in the prison. And 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 everybody thought, uh, and he and he actually became great in the prison. How many know that if God be for you, who can be against you? And I think of the man that went before Pharaoh when when Pharaoh needed. He had a dream of lean, seven lean cows and seven fat cows, and and he's thinking, what does all of this mean? I don't know what a fat cow and a lean cow is, and, and everything. So he he made a decree, and he says, somebody should be able to tell me what this is. And one of the men that was released from prison said, I know a man in the prison who knows how to interpret dreams. And Pharaoh brings him before him. He interprets the dream. He said, we're going to have seven wonderful years, but then we're going to have seven years of famine. And God and, and, the, and Pharaoh uh, raised him up to the second most powerful and put him over all the grain and over all of that and for seven years of fat and then when the years came guess what his brothers his brothers that he had told would bow before him hallelujah Jacob said go to Egypt and see if you can find bread and find food and they come and guess who they come to The very one that they'd sold into captivity. You know, that also shows Jesus when he comes again and the Jews see him, they're going to realize he's the one that they've destroyed. He's the one that they crucified. You see, that's a perfect story of Jesus. But you know what? Joseph said, I know you're worried, but I'm not going to do to you what you think. Isn't that wonderful how God has mercy on us? Hallelujah. You see, Joseph was a man who stood by his principles and he believed in God. I think of Moses. He, he begun as a murderer, he killed an Egyptian because he was hurting uh, his people. We can go back to Moses and know the whole story of the bulrushes and and the fact that his actual mother was able to raise him in the house of Pharaoh. He became again the second most powerful in all of of Egypt. And what happens? He was educated there. All of the blessings and all of the wealth was, was offered to him. But what did Moses do? He slew the Egyptian because he wanted to be identified with his people. 40 years on the backside of a desert. He had become so disoriented with human beings talking to those sheep that he had developed a speech impediment. He couldn't speak straight. He could, you know to God, I and here's a man who was so confident that he could he could uh, bring the children of Israel out of bondage, and now he's come to a place in his life where he says, "I don't even have the confidence to speak straight." You know, sometimes God's got to break our our you know ego. Not sometimes. He's always got. You know, egos stink, don't they? You ever see somebody, you know, and maybe in your own life, you, you know, you get to a place where all of a sudden you get, uh, you know, hey, I'm not going to beat it. But what I want you to realize is that God had to break his ego. But, you know, he stayed faithful to the Lord. Are we willing to stay faithful to the Lord? Do we have a vision to finish this race? I think of Gideon. He was a farmer who became Israel's judge. We all know about Gideon. And Gideon said, he, says, uh, he said, Lord, I've got to educate you. You're talking to me? Let me tell you something you don't know yet. How many know people try to tell God things? How many know he knows everything? And what did Gideon do? He says, he says I've got to educate you, God, and tell you that my family is the poorest family in Israel. And he said, and I've got one greater than that. He said, and I'm poorer than they are. He said, who am I? Who am I that he would call me? Who am I that he would raise my voice up for this day? Who am I? That's what the devil will say. But I want you to know who you are. You are the chosen of God. Each and every one of you are empowered by God. And Gideon was he believed God, and, and, and he tried to construct an army out of a few thousand. And God said, You got too many. And he whittled it down to 300 to go against an army that was as large as the sands of the sea. And God said, I want you to do exactly as I told you. And as Gideon believed, he believed, number one, he had to hear, and then he had to believe what he heard. And they overcame that army, and that army turned on each other and slew each other. And Gideon, through the power of God, got the victory. And I think of David the shepherd who was hid in the field by Jesse, his father. When he was told to bring out his sons, he brought all of his sons out, but he didn't bring Jesse out. Many people speculate that maybe uh, that son, and I think some have kind of looked at the genealogy on it and said that that uh, that uh, David was born uh, out of a, a, another relationship. And that he really wanted to hide. You know, sometimes we want to hide, you know, what, you know our indiscretions. We want to hide the thing. But, you know, God sees it all. And that's why we have to bring all of it to the altar. We've got to bring it all to the altar and say, Lord, nothing is hid from you. But Jesse tried to hide that boy. And all of a sudden, Samuel come to bless each and every son. But the Lord kept saying, no, 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 no. And then Samuel looked at Jesse and said, don't you have another son? He said, well, <laughs> yeah, but he's out in the shop. He's out with the sheep. See, he was trying to hide something on God. But you know what? God took his brokenness. He took that boy who was the shortest, the Bible said, of all of his boys and he said that's the one and David was, it took the mantle and he believed in God and he was and let me tell you this about David he was faithful in the least sometimes we might feel like our job is menial sometimes we feel like what we're going through all oh, these stinky sheep let a lion eat a few of them what do I care I'm sick of being out here. When it rains, I get wet. When it's hot, I get hot. And so on. But no, that's not the attitude David had. He did it with excellence. He killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands to protect those sheep. Because he said, I am a shepherd. Then all of a sudden, one day again, lunches. Jesse sent him out into the field. He said, my sons are at war. And he said, I want you to take the lunches out to them. And they looked at him and said, oh, what are you, a showboat? What are you doing out here? Nah, nah, nah. And he looked, and they were all hiding. They were all hiding in in, in these trenches. And there was a big guy out there. And David looked at them, and even the king was hiding. David was distraught. Why should we be hiding? Is not God great enough to stand up and be the God of the people of Israel? Why do we reduce ourselves to hiding in a foxhole rather than facing this uncircumcised giant? And they took him to Saul And Saul, could could you imagine, now he's a young boy. He's such a young boy that when Saul puts his armor upon him, he fell over. It was too heavy for him to bear. But what really intrigues me is that Saul was so desperate that he said, hey, if this young man wants to go out there and face him, how cowardice to send a boy to do what a king should be doing. But God said, I will raise up a boy. You see, that's what the Bible said. I go to and fro through the earth, seeking those that have a heart for me. And when David went out in that field, that giant looked at him, and he said, what am I, a dog that you would send a lad out and and david didn't even have a sword he didn't have a shield he didn't have any armor that one would need to be uh, looked at in in battle as 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 military but what he had is what he had a slingshot and when that giant Goliath came after him the bible said he had five smooth stones only needed one the other was for the other four brothers But he took that sling, and he planted it right between his eyes, and the Bible said it sunk into his forehead. In other words, it must have broke these bones, and the bones being pushed in must have pushed into his brain. And the Bible said he fell, and David ran up and grabbed his sword and killed and cut his head off with his own sword, you see? You see, if you read the Bible and you realize the determination it takes to serve the Lord is, to, is an ability to look at the devil in the face and say, "Who do you think you are?" I think I think it was D.L. Moody. Um, I believe it was him, but it was in one of those uh, that we 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 quote. Yep, D.L. Moody. We'll stick with him. But, but he woke up one night, and he looked, and the devil was standing at the foot of his bed. And he looks at us, oh, it's just you, and went back to sleep. <laughs> in other words, you know, I'm not going to fear the enemy. I'm going to stand. You know, we sing, we teach our little children song. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom on the enemy. But you know what? I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. And the thing with each and every one of us is to know that we are loved by God, to know that we are called by God, and we're called for such a purpose as this. You and I are called into a generation that the Bible said we'll see Jesus. The Bible said, when the fig tree buds again, he said, that generation shall not pass but, but come under the wrath of God. Not you and I. He said, because you're not appointed under wrath, the Bible says. He said, and comfort you one another with these words. But all these ordinary men had one thing in common. They had God-sized vision. What do you see today? You know, it's so easy to see all of the falling. It's so easy to see all of the weaknesses. It's so easy to see uh, all all of the uh, and you know uh, all all of the troubles, indiscretions that are going on. But you know what? How many of us see Jesus standing like Philip saw, like Stephen saw him? Should I say? even in His worst of times, that I see Him. I see Him! I know that He is real. I know that He is powerful. And I take hold of the armor of God in Ephesians 6, that they clothe me and they keep me from all of the wiles of the enemy. But I look at the secret of God's sized vision or unwa- uh, as unwavering faith. I look at the principles of an unwavering faith. And the first principle of unwavering faith, and I'll get the tongue twister, unwavering faith is believing God. In Romans ten seventeen, he says, so faith comes from what is heard. What is heard comes from, through the message of Christ. So faith cometh by the word. Amen. The hearing of the word will build faith in you. But are we taking the time to get the Word of God into our hearts? Are you able to tell the stories the way I just shared some of those stories with you? Are we familiar with the Scripture? Can we see the victory of Jesus? Because you see something, according to your faith, so be who you are. And not only that, where are you are going to go? I trust Him today. And I praise him. Faith is not merely manipulating a circumstance or event. I'll tell you what, we don't need to manipulate anything. So often God will share something with us. And then what we try to do is we try to tailor it in a way that will manipulate our audience. You see something? What are you doing there? You're saying, God, you don't know how to speak. So what I'm going to do is is I'm going to make it so that it's more palatable. How you know let God's word be God's word. When he said to when he said to Moses, he said, "What shall I say? You tell him that I am that I am sent you." You know what God is saying. I don't have to overexplain myself. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? And and you it, you know and that's what we have to realize. I'm sure that Moses might have thought about that. Said, "Well, maybe I should share more." We need to just share the gospel of Jesus Christ as it's spoken and let it lie where it lies. The Bible said, my word will not come back unto me void, but it would accomplish everything that I've set it forth to accomplish. Speaking with a man uh, a week ago that was uh, contemplating suicide. And his good buddy told him, he said, if you commit suicide, you're going to go to hell. That's a strong a statement. I know that there may be some that disagree, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to give you confidence to kill yourself. Find out you did go to hell, and then it's on me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give you that liberty or that license. That's, I guess, it's between you and the Lord. But I wouldn't do it. And he got so angry at his friend that he, that he defriended him. And, and, and he began to talk to me. with swearing and all of that. But you know what? Maybe it will save his life. Maybe when he goes to put that gun to his head, he'll think about the fact that, well, maybe Andrew's right. You see what I mean? You've got to speak the truth. You cannot weaken it in order that you get a manipulated outcome. The truth is the truth, and it is what it is. And if you're angry at me, I want you to know it's my Lord Jesus, and it's my God that speaks these very words. Faith is not the ability to manipulate circumstances or events. Faith is merely believing the Word of God and believing that the Word of God, the Bible said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Are you convinced that there's power in the Word of God? Are you convinced that you can speak? And and, and the Bible said, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know what he said to the disciples? He said, said, you will have the, the liberty to save people, to save souls. Now, let me explain something to you right now what that means. What it means is is when somebody comes to Jesus, we have the right to tell them that they're saved. Do you hear? It's not that we can save them, but we are given the liberty to say, You are saved. Just like Philip with the eunuch. When the eunuch said, what hinders me from being baptized? He said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus with your, your heart, all your heart? Yeah. He said, in a straight away there was a body of water, and he took him down there, and he baptized him. Now, that was a strange story, wasn't it? The Bible said he baptized him, and Philip was translated into another city. The eunuch stands there probably saying, where did he go? I believe that instilled even greater faith in the eunuch. Amen. This, this. So, so what you realize in that is, and, and I've always said, just to be funny, is, is, uh, well, you know, Philip was an evangelist. He's the only evangelist that was actually called an evangelist in the Bible. And, and here he was probably figuring, you know what? I could use money from my ministry and all that. Well, this guy, the Ethiopian uh, Jew, was a very rich man. Maybe, maybe he'll help my ministry out. <laughs> God translated him. He went, ah! I'd never even got a chance to get there. with. I'd just do that as joking. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, God is good, isn't he? Faith is when you believe what God tells you and you build upon that. Faith is when you believe what God tells you, and you build upon that. Faith is the ability to step out into what seems unsure and know that it is sure. Faith is the ability to trust the Lord. I'll give you an example. Several years years ago... Uh, Deborah and I were called to full-time ministry. God opened the door. You've heard me say this before, Uh, um, you know, to to step in by faith. That was to give up my job as a machinist, all the benefits that I had with that, and to step into something that I had never experienced before. The man that called us and offered us the position said, okay, I'm going to give you and your wife this, and then, I'll call you back in another day or two. I looked at Deborah and she says, "Why do we need him to call back? We already know what God's called us to do." And immediately we said, "Yes, we'll go." And we went to a church in a, 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 a hundred miles away, in Pittsfield, Maine. And that was 35 thirty-five f- years—about thirty-five years ago. And uh, and I just thank God that was in nineteen. 19- 89 and and I thank God that we had the faith to step out and I'll tell you something about Deborah and I, we didn't have a TV then might have been better we never got one but we read a lot we kept ourselves close to the Lord and that's what gave us the faith and I will tell you something. When, when you step out in faith, don't think that, you're, that you w- w- won't feel apprehensive. Of course you will. But you're saying, I don't care, Bob, what you feel. I'm stepping up because God said it. And I think through all the years, I look at some of the photos of the church when it was full. I think of all the people, you know, that, that have been here, and I believe it will happen again. I believe it may come through some kind of a circumstance. I don't know. But if it's just us, we'll have a great time, won't we? Remember Noah had eight family members, though he preached 120 years, and he built that boat for that long. In Isaiah... I want to go to Deuteronomy, if I could. I want to read verses 7 through 16 real quick. Thank you, Lord. Deuteronomy 8. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee unto a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, A land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, olive and honey. A land wherein thou shalt uh, eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not uh, lack anything in it. Well, doesn't that like what God calls us to? If you will follow me, I will always see that your needs are met. I've seen that over and over through the years. God has always brought blessing. And he will in your life. And I'm going to skip over here uh, quickly um, and read uh, 14 through 16. He said, Thine heart... Okay, let me go back a little bit. And when... Uh, thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God how easy it could be to do that which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through uh, through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein th- there were fiery serpents and scorpions and droughts, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do these good uh, do thee good in the latter end. Now, I want you to know something. What did God, he, what did he tell Israel? He said, remember the hole that I dug you out of. He said, remember when you were left bleeding as, a, as, as an infant just born where your umbilical your, your cord was not yet cut. And he said, I found you in that field. And he said, and I reached down and I grabbed you and I nurtured you and brought you to life. You see, we've got to remember the humble beginnings of what God begun with, with each one of us. And you know, that will that'll help with the ego problems. And then he said, but I want you to know something. There is a, there, there is a um, when we look at prosperity, the folly of that is that we forget where we've come from and who God is. And I want you to know, so we should never do that. Never forget what God has done in each one of our lives. He said in Isaiah 33, and 17 through 20, he said, Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. You will see his vast land. Your mind will meditate on, uh, on past terror. There is an account where, uh, where is the trouble collector. A tribute collector. Where is the one who spied out our defense? Will you uh, no longer see the barbarian? Look at Zion, the city of our festival times. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a peaceful pasture, a tent that does not wander. Its tent pegs will not be uh, pulled up, nor will any of its cords be loosed. For there is there's the majestic one the Lord will be for us a place of rivers and broad streams where ships a road uh, that a road will not go the majestic vessels will not pass and what he's promising us there is just what he's promising to Israel right now even though everyone wants to come against you, I will keep you he said your tents will be so deep that they cannot be pulled up. How many know that if God establishes us, we are established by Him? Isn't that powerful? Don't we realize that God will never leave us nor forsake us, but always with us always? But all of this came from the principle, faith is believing. I think of the second pr- principle is unwavering faith is the only way to see See, in Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. And I'm going to tell you what, you don't see with the natural eye, but you should be able to see with with the eye of faith. I know that my God is going to do it again. He raised all the dead. He troubled the waters and he raised all the dead. And I know that my Lord will do it again. I think of principle number three unwavering faith is the only way to please God. Unwavering faith, again, we look at Hebrews 11:6 says, Now without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God. You see, what I've been using here today is scripture. And what I want you to know, that Scripture will increase your faith to see beyond what you can see, to know beyond what you know, to go beyond what you can go, to trust in the Lord, our Savior. Thank you, Lord. When we look at the uh, sixth chapter of Genesis, at the life of Noah, we discover more principles of unwavering faith. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can go home and read Genesis 6, 13 13 through 22. But I want you to know in verse 13, I want to get there real quick, if I could. That will stay. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. Isn't it strange that God deals with man in the number of man? Genesis 6. There he's going to deal with man. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In and, and, and verse 13, he says this. He said, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence uh, through them. And behold, I will destroy them, with the earth. I want you to know something. God's going to do something else. We better believe it. We better prepare for it. We know that he said there'd be five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. And so what, what he's saying to know you better prepare for it. You better realize that it is real and what you're going to go through. You see, we need to have faith to believe that. Number one, listening to God involves a daily scripture reading or hearing the word of God. Uh, listening to God involves daily cleansing and repentance. Let me share something with you. I had a man right here that came for quite a while and said, you never need to repent more than once. Oh, my Lord, I repent every day. I say, Lord, help me to believe you the way you deserve to be believed. Help me, Lord God, to walk the way that you want me to walk. Help me and, Lord, give me strength today. Forgive me, Lord God, of, of, of whatever it is that would hinder you. Every day I ask God forgive me forgive our land forgive our nation amen what did Daniel do when he said about Israel he said forgive us you see what I'm saying we don't want to become so pious that it's them millions of babies have been murdered in the womb in this country forgive us Lord for, for, for the blood that flows down the streets. Forgive us, Lord, of the indiscretion. And, and, and forgive us of how our schools have become so corrupt and in, in corrupting our children. Forgive us, Lord, for, 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 the, for the murderous spirits that we're seeing in this country. Forgive us, Lord. God, I pray for my nation, I pray for my, the people. A person of unwavering faith says, I am in this for the long haul. No matter what happens, even if I don't understand or feel abandoned, I covenant to finish this with God. And you've heard me repeat the story of of a man that was in Iran and was imprisoned as a pastor. He was imprisoned and he was put into Uh, situations that were just beyond imagination, the torture, the things he went through. And a person that was interviewing him said, you must have really felt God and empowered by God during that time. He said, I felt completely alone and abandoned. I never heard anything from God. But he said, I kept my faith. I kept. See, sometimes we, our faith is determined by what we feel rather than what we know. You know, we love that. I feel good. I feel good. Well, well feelings. I, I like that. Good feelings are, are, are a little spike between two troubles. So, so we realize that 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 feelings. We don't go by emotion. We don't go by feelings. You know, that's what a, you know, a psychic goes Oh, I feel, I feel. And, and of course we know that they're all imposters that steal people's money. So that's what the devil does. Unwavering faith, trust in God. We can look at 18 and 19 of our text in Genesis 6. 18 and 19, he said, but with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come unto the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives, with thee, and of every living thing, of all flesh, too, of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark, and keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Amen. So what we realize here is that God gave them him specific instructions, the way they built the ark, about 900 feet long, uh, 90 feet wide, 50 feet tall. And, and, we, and we know that he, the Bible says in the, the verse up here, in verse 26, and, and thus did Noah, according to all, <laughs> excuse me, that God commanded him So he did. Are we we understanding that? He did everything God told him to do. He didn't say, well, do the best you can. Oh, whatever you do. I'll bless it. Isn't that what we hear today in a lot of Christianity? Oh, just do the best you can. I understand that. I understand the Scripture's old. I realize God probably didn't see what we're seeing today. You don't want to take that literal. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The Word is the Word. Not to be altered. And and we need to stand by that very Word. I think of this, unwavering faith, covenants with God. There they go. (coughs) Give my voice. Just a minute. I think of the covenant. <coughs> Thank you. I'm getting older. My voice isn't as strong as it used to be. I wear it out. But I'd rather wear it out for Jesus. But what you realize, when you look at the covenants, you see the Adamic covenant. Then you see the Noahic covenant, the second time, and then the the Abrahamic covenant, Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and then the covenant of Christ. But when we look at this, what we see in this covenant, isn't it strange it said, as it was the day of Noah? And then what covenant has the devil stolen lately? What one is it? It's not the Adamic. It's none of, It's the Noahic covenant. It's the rainbow. It's the rainbow. That was the Noahic covenant. And so what we realize by that is we're seeing. God said As it wasn't there. Noah? Using Noah? And guess what the devil does? He tries to steal the covenant that God made with Noah. And that is the rainbow. Not by coincidence, I'm going to tell you that. Not by coincidence. Can you imagine God's word way back then being fulfilled today, the day that we live in? But we realize, too, that unwavering faith trusts in God. And we saw that in 18 and 19. For personal safety, We have to understand, do we believe that God has given us personal safety? Do we believe that God is with us today? Do we believe that he doesn't leave us? We don't have to be troubled. We should never be troubled by the news. We should never be troubled by what's going on in Israel. We should never be troubled about what's going on with Ukraine. We should never be troubled because God said these things must come. He said, I want you to look up like Stephen did. I want you to look upon the face of Jesus and know that he loves you. He's covenant with you and he'll keep you. Unwavering unwavering faith obeys God. Now, I'm almost finished here. I think of Samuel with Saul. How that... Saul kept the sheep that was he was forbidden to keep, and he even kept the king that he was told to kill. And Samuel came to him, and Samuel said, As he said, Well, I, I brought these all to sacrifice them to God. He said, Is it is it better to sacrifice than obey? Obedience is greater than than sacrifice. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. To build faith is to discover God's word. In second Timothy five, fifteen, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. To show thyself, approved, that we are acceptable to God. And how do we do that? By understanding and asking God for understanding of things we don't understand. Next is to follow God's Word. You look at in the wilderness, the Bible said they, they walk by a cloud by day and a fire by night. How many know that we walk by the same principle? And it's the Word of God. And he will make himself evident to each one of us that will look and see him. Exercise in our faith, Acts twenty four sixteen. He said, exercise myself to always have good, a good conscience, void of offense toward God and man. You know, that takes, it takes exercise to do that. To always have a good conscience to God and to man. Another place here, he says in First Timothy uh, 4, 7, he said, And exercise rather unto God godliness. Exercise rather unto godliness. There it is. Exercise rather unto godliness. He said, Avoid and foolish fables and, and all the, the foolishness that they have. But exercise faithfulness to God or or to godliness to trust him and to go and and to stand with him and then another one let me go back to James 2 find your place in service James 2 uh, 17 and 18 says in the same way faith if it does if it doesn't have works is dead by itself but someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my work. You know what that means? Each and every one of us are commissioned. Each and every one of us are commissioned. And so it's up to us to say, Lord, what is it today? And I'm going to tell you what, this is people, they think it's so deep. How would I ever know who, what, what I'm to do? Have an ear to hear. Maybe as simple as give somebody a candy bar. You know, when you begin to practice that gentle voice within, it becomes easier to do it. But it's having faith to say, Lord, let me be still, and let me hear you, and let me exercise that faith. And I'm going to tell you, there are many, many people who have found their life through what some might think of happenstance. Because they did something. I think of another man who went on a mission field. He didn't want to go. I'll go. I'll be one of them. Because they had one cancel. And guess what? I believe it was Barbara's. One of her pastors. And he said I went. And he said and here I am today. Now he's already overseas. He's 80 some years old. And he's over there. In the missions. Something got a hold of him something got a hold of my life (laughs) And, 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 and led me into maybe it was a place of discomfort that becomes comfort but each one of us if we step out of our security and out of our comfort zone to say Lord if that's what you're asking me to do I will do it maybe take the coat off your coat off and give it to another and when you're willing to do that, you might think that's just a little thing. Then after the devil says, you know, they had 20 coats in the closet. The devil. You know they're taking advantage of you. You, you know that, you, you know, you go on and on. And you have to say, I bind that because, you see, I'd rather listen to my master and do what he calls me to do and not second guess it. And that's what you've got to realize. Each and every one of us are called with a purpose. How dynamic the church would be if everybody found their gifting. And I'll tell you what keeps you from knowing the gifting is when you keep questioning the voice. When the Lord says, I want you to go and tell that individual that that God loves them. Oh, they already know that. That you know I was thinking of a young man who was given a, given a testimony how that um, he, uh, he would do these funny things on on, um, on YouTube or on Facebook and he even felt foolish about it but it was comedy and all of a sudden one day he got a letter from a family who had lost a loved one they were in grief. They were hurting. And somebody sent that to, to them. And they watched it, and they all laughed. And they sent him a memorable note that said, You know what? Thank you for bringing some, some joy to our great time of grief. You don't know what God can use. But if you'll listen, if you'll hear his voice, He is speaking every day. I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, I've never heard the voice of God. I said, well, why are you here today? Well, I felt like God told me to come. Doesn't that mean you heard something? You see, we dismiss so easily. Well, you know, that's just me. And I'm afraid because it's just me, so many times, life escapes us, and we don't find the joy of service. When God is in, they're out there. There are people grieving. Yesterday, we had a, a throw together in the last minute. Uh, WBCI, the manager there, wanted us to, to, to deal with, with, with compassion and, and those things because of the 18 that were killed here. And, and it was all thrown together. We didn't even know who was going to be on the five minutes before I walked in. But there was, we had um, um, one of our representatives of the state of Maine on the phone. We had a pastor, or of a God pastor from from uh, Bowden or someplace like that. And then we had the station manager, and we had uh, Pastor Dan uh, Cousino, uh, or yeah, Cousino, which uh, pastor is the South Lewiston Baptist Church? All of us got together. Do we have all the answers? No. But we've got to be faithful to the Lord. What does it look like? It was even asked, what is it going to look like? How do we do this thing? You know what? We've got to step out by faith and say, Lord God, you're able to do what we cannot do. God, that you would let me be a lighthouse, that you would let me be obedient to your word, to say a kind word to somebody who may be hurting, 25 years on pastoral care at CMMC. Some of the horrific things that I have been involved in, 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 in there. I've seen a man with his head taken off by a tire ring. Uh, you know, I can go down lists, uh, you know, 18 year old girl dying of strep throat. Uh, we can go down, but one of the most memorable ones is a five year old boy that died in a fire. And the hospital calls me in. And they say, because the child has not yet had an autopsy, we can't leave her alone with the child. We need a representative to sit with her. I sat with her and that dead child while she looked at him and cried and, and, and stroked his hair. And she'd keep asking, Lord, why? Why? You know, I couldn't answer those things. But I was there. You know what I mean? Being there. Just being there can make all of the difference in the world. So don't let the devil beat you up. Don't let him push you by the wayside because he's pushing. But know who you are in Christ. That you are creatures that are created by him. And so Noah... The Bible said he was so vexed. And it wasn't until chapter 9 of Genesis that we find him making a covenant with Noah. And, and I want you to know something. Who was Noah? He was just a man. He was a man who was willing to hear the voice of God. He was a man who was in, that endured 120 years of being made fun of because it had never rained. And to say there was going to rain come and flood out the earth. I want you to know the shoes that you stand in are not shoes that haven't been stood in before. But the Bible said God goes throughout the world looking for those who have a heart for him. And that will say, I will. Would you all stand with me please today? it's easy to just say well it's going to get worse and worse I'm just going to hang around till he calls me that's not what God's called us in the world to do he said I've, I've made you the salt of the earth he said unless if the salt loses its saltiness it becomes such a low grade of salt that it's thrown on the street to melt the ice He said, I've I've called you to be table salt. I've called you to be a pure salt that could shed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the challenge, I believe, to each and every one of us today, is to trust God and to stand with him. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the patriarchs of old and Lord how faithful they were that we can glean from that Lord and that we could strengthen ourselves in the word of God to know that we are called according to your purpose and according to the strength that you give us and I pray right now in Jesus name for everyone that's come into this sanctuary that they would not leave as they've come but knowing that they are the apple of God's eye and those out on Facebook and those on YouTube I pray, Lord, for each one of them, that they would receive this message with courage and faith and would be willing to stand in the in this ta- time that we live. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everyone said, Amen. And God bless.